Welcome back to Beards and Brews. Hey, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and hit that little bell. Not only does it help us out, but you'll know exactly when we have another one brewing. This week's movie is going to be Con Air with good old Nicolas Cage. Fellas, I am super surprised it took this long to get to it. Yeah, how have we not done this movie before? It feels like that we would have. I feel like we've talked about it enough already, but this is our first time. Yeah, we've talked about this movie so much that I swear to God, it feels like I've done this movie. And I'm totally cool with that, because I think with all the shit that we've consumed in the past, I don't know, three, four months, it's really nice to see a movie that has all the same attributes, but fucking succeeds. Yeah, and it does, honestly. This is, is this Michael Bay? Did I read that? No, it's not, actually. Not Michael Bay? No, no, but it totally feels like it. Yeah, especially when we get toward the end, when it's just like explosion after explosion after gunfight after explosion. I love that the back of this movie's box could read, Kung Fu Elvis goes to prison for <laughs> um, yee-haw. Because he yee-hawed. <laughs> yeah, this movie doesn't really take all of its time at all to set this movie up. Like, we go from the beginning to the start of the actual thing that's going on in, like, ten minutes. Nick Cage is an army ranger. He gets, you know, he gets home from the army or whatever, goes back to his wife, gets into a fight, and his mom gets scared and says, you got to go to prison because you accidentally killed a guy. No, he did not accidentally kill a man, okay? He fucking murdered this dude. Yeah, we spoke about this a little bit just off cast, and I agree that he's a murderer, but he's not a villain. I oh, no. I don't think he's a murderer. He, he gets put in for involuntary manslaughter, which is not murder. And there's no way in the context of that fight he intended to actually kill this guy. This was all self-defense. He gets jumped by a bunch of guys, you know, after a little tussle in a in a bar or whatever. Yeah. He's just trying to defend the honor of his wife or whatever. Gets jumped, puts one of them in his place a little bit too hard. <laughs> no. I like that a lot. But, you know, at the beginning of the movie, like you said, like, it happens pretty quickly. And there's, like, a bunch of stuff that happens that if you think about it twice, you're just like, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, to me, the fight scene, they even show you in the editing. Nicolas Cage is fighting three guys, bap, bap, bap. They knock him down once, he gets up, zero issue. Dispatches the two, I guess, goons, and then the third guy pulls out a knife. He disarms him, no problem. Does that little arm crank thing that Seagal does, so the guy's like, ah! <laughs> and he takes his palm, no reason, the fight is over at this point. And fucking runs the cartilage of his nose into his brain, killing him. Murder. I don't know that the fight was necessarily over at that point. You st like, the two other guys, they are, you know, they're on their heels, but it's not over. Um, I don't know. Like, I know, like, later on, when he's in the courtroom, the judge is, like, a super hard-ass on him for no reason. He's like, yeah. you're from the military, and you're a trained weapon. You should go rot in hell because you're a weapon. I'm just like, yeah, but, like, I have never seen, like, fuck you, army man. Like, that dude would have been, like, in a fucking Cadillac going down the road in his parade. They're, like, throwing the book at him for literally, like, for fucking real self-defense. That's why I was having a, like, really hard times, like thinking like he was a villain because like even in the courtroom he, he got some really shitty advice from his lawyer he's like you better plead guilty so you just get a couple years when like all the evidence points to him being completely innocent yeah and he ends up getting seven to ten years which how long does he actually end up serving is it eight yeah which is crazy because he does eight fucking years before they ever even think about parole like 
four yeah, yeah. Uber. I didn't even think of that because yeah, he was the perfect dude because like they were having riots and shit. He's just in there learning Spanish. He's just in there chilling in his bunk while riots going on. Like, huh? Exciting day today. Me hablo espanol. <laughs> Mickey and Mallory Knox in the background with Wayne Gale and Tommy Lee Jones trying to break out of prison. <laughs> and he's in reading this college level essay written by his four year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Ah, she's a sharp kid. It kept them going. Hell, they even got him to start reading a bunch. So, I got a little question that I don't. I don't know. This might have a simple answer. So, okay, this child was born four months after he got locked up. He was. I think so. He was arrested the night he came home. He went straight to the bar, you know, to see his wife. Killed a guy. Um, Allegedly. What's the time frame on? Is she that was his? already pregnant? By the time that he got home from the army? She is already pregnant, because that's one of the things, is he leans into the belly and is like, oh, you're going to I'm a daddy. <laughs> He's going to be a soccer player. In that case, what the <laughs> fuck is she doing in a bar? Darning living. It's George. I guess. All right. Anyway, so, so the, he is in prison. Yes, and the fastest eight years you'll ever see in your life pass by, <laughs> and all you get as a reminder that he was in prison are these letters from his daughter that mm-hmm. gradually as she's getting older get worse and worse like <laughs> they're used for ex- as you know she's like two and writing these fucking college level essays that when we know what's going on in the plot and then suddenly when it's time for him to come home she's like my daddy comes home on july 14th my birthday is july 14th yeah, and the movie does a really awful job showing that he has a cellmate because he's like out loud basically yelling this letter. I'm like, who the fuck is he talking to? And he just like slowly crawls over like, oh, he's got a buddy. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Thanks? The only thing I can think of to make it make sense how she has been de-educated is, um, <laughs> I mean, she's going to school in Alabama. That Alabama public education probably isn't the greatest so is it just like sucking the brain out of her? She probably got to the chapter about northern aggression. <laughs> Damn it, oh. Daddy! I want my state's rights. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell, it, it keeps him afloat. He's he's super excited, and like he he gets all this shit together because you know he's got to take this plane. He made parole. He's you know he's out of there now. This is a little bit of a plot device later on, but he gets a gift. It's a bunny. It's like a little stuffed bunny. Fine. Where the fuck did he get that? At the commissary. Someone butt smuggled it. Yeah, I, I thought somebody keistered that little bunny. So, Aww. like, later on in the movie, he was like, put the bunny back in the box. I'm like, is he talking to him, like, figuratively or literally? <laughs> is that why it's so dirty at the end? <laughs> oh, I wore this uncomfortable hunk of bunny up my ass before you. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So... Okay, the next thing I have to ask is, because I've got some questions. Like, I did, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but it is not without some questions that need to be asked. Oh, for sure. Why is he on this plane? He was arrested in Alabama, and he lives in Alabama. Why is he going to Nevada? I think, okay, okay, the movie, just like the beginning, like, they just, like, brushed through it to get him in prison. Well, they also brushed through him to get him out of prison on that plane, because, like, they have, like, some disembodied voices like well the reason why they have this plane is so prisoners who need to fly across the country for health reasons and etc that's why that exists 
he's part of the etc. Just for like a plane trip. You know, it's been a while. He wanted to go. Yeah. In all reality, they would have stuck this dude on a fucking bus and been oh, yeah. done with it. Yeah, they even have buses in the movie moving prisoners somewhere. So, like, you know what? Okay, movie. I get it. You got a movie. I'm not even mad, really. But you can't be mad because then we get the plane itself. The Freedom Bird. <laughs> the plane, boss. The plane. Oh, yeah. They called it the Jailbird. I was like, all right. I'm on board. The thing that makes this so noteworthy is everybody else pretty much on this flight, all the other prisoners are like the worst of the worst. And they yeah. go through them to make sure that, you know, like, yeah, this guy, Billy Bob, whatever, he's the worst. He's the worst hardened criminal there is. And then there's this other guy. He's also the worst. Like, you know, the other guy, he was bad, but this guy's even worse. He's done, you know, 23 rapes and stuff. Oh, yeah. Da fucking Danny Rapo over here. Just... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Danny oh, Trejo. Oh, Johnny 23. You about to be Johnny 24. They'd call me Johnny 300 if they knew how many bitches I actually raped. Yeah. That's all I got time. I got one heart. I got this tattoo. It's one heart for every bitch. There's 23 of them. I got room for one more. He got a whole arm left. He can get all the bitches. <laughs> I got a second arm, too. Imagine yeah. if he would... <laughs> But who else do we have? We got Dave Chappelle on this on this plane. I don't know what he is. Yeah. He has his own like personal vignette. Like he gets on the plane, it's like, "Hey, I'm Dave Chappelle. I'm a fucking crack addict. Lol. Yeah. Armed robber, arsonist, dope fiend. But I'm a nice guy. That's pretty much what he says. And Nick Cage right. just has that look like, thanks. All right, buddy. By the way, Nick Cage's I'll... accent. We need to say just a little bit about it. It's terrible. I love you, Nick Cage. This accent. I don't know. I don't think the movie could survive without it, to be honest, because he's just in the pocket the whole time. If he wasn't being this overly southern mess, this wouldn't work. <laughs> like, it's not even overly southern. It's just like someone who was born in New England, but trying to put on like a southern draw. That's what he's doing. I don't know where Nick Cage was born, but that's what I'm getting to me. His heart's in Nolan, so I'll give him a pass. But who else do we have? We got Ving Rhames. I don't really know what he did, but he's just like sort of second in command, if that seems right. His story is kind of funny because apparently he's like a really hardened African-American activist and stuff. And John Cusack, which I guess uh, owns the plane, he goes in this like weird tangent like, yeah, he wrote a book in prison and he was on Geraldo. And apparently Denzel Washington's in talks of playing him in a movie or whatever. <laughs> killed a bunch of guys and then started like three riots in prison and those riots caused the deaths of like some other guys basically it seems like he's kind of a black supremacist and the final treat we get is john malkovich as cyrus the virus you know when you haven't seen a movie and just like fuck all ever and you're just like all right i remember this movie being good john malkovich's lines are fucking perfect if there is any perfect part of this movie, it is every scene that John Malkovich is in. I cannot stress it enough. He is great in this role. 100%. Uh, you know who's not good in this role? The good guys. Uh, Chief O'Brien and John oh. Cusack. <laughs> like, Undercover Latino. I hate like, it. I know you guys were talking kind of negatively about John Cusack's performance in this role. Honestly, I think he just did what he needed to do. I don't see any real like negatives to his performance. He just seems like the good guy. The other guys, they're annoying as hell, but I feel like Cusack doesn't deserve the hate that he's been getting. I think the negativity sticks out because everybody in this movie knows that it's a certain level of bullshit, but for some reason you have like a handful of fellas who's given it 100%. 
And he's just like, ah, this is a dumb action movie. I'm just going to be cop man. And it, he's just a sore thumb because of it. Yes. Okay. So to me, what ruins it is John Cusack's performance in the idea of you have Chief O'Brien. What is your stereotype? <laughs> oh, I'm over the top, angry cop guy. What are you, undercover Latino guy? Oh, well, I'm clearly undercover Latino guy that's going to pop off with a short fuse. And yeah. everyone else has their own gimmick. What's John Cusack? He's too grounded in reality. He sticks out. Why is this undercover DEA agent on the plane? I thought it was like some kind of like air marshal thing, you know, just, just in case. If it's just in case, why the fuck didn't they want to give him a gun? Chief O'Brien assumed that the flight attendants, the cops, are incompetent. So he smuggles his own man aboard to make sure things go accordingly, even though his own man is more incompetent than any of the guards. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, man, he was kind of right, but he also shot himself on the foot. To be honest, I thought it was Tony Shalhoub for like a split second. Oh, yeah, I can see that, too. Back in his men in black days when he just gets shot in the face and it gets regenerated. Yeah, but this time he just, he just didn't grow back. Maybe he just grew back wrong. That's why he looks like that. No offense, uh, not Tony Shalhoub or whoever you are. Your face is um, ugly, though. Now it's just not Tony Shalhoub now. All right, so where are we going with this? The, the guys all have this plan. They're going to take over the plane. Just like the first 10 minutes of the movie, the second 10 minutes of the movie just has to keep on rolling. And it takes fucking no time to get this started. But I think the end plan is to end up in, like, Colombia or something. Is that is that what their idea is? They're going to fly this plane to Colombia? John Malkovich had this, like, back and forth with this Hispanic fella to commandeer this plane and do some kind of job for him later on. So, like, all the prisoners on a plane actually have, like, an extra bit of relevance later on. Like, they're supposed to do something. i super vague on the details on that one, but I'm sure it would have happened. Okay. Oh, we are forgetting one more guy on the plane. Like, there are some others, but they don't matter. They're going to die soon enough. But there is the one other good guy. But what we do know about him is he is diabetic. Oh, yeah. His uh, cellmate, for lack of a better term, Bubba. I took the same note. I, I put diabetic Bubba Gump. Like, why is that for lack of a better term? That is Bubba Gump. Well, because I can't think to describe him anyway. I feel like this is almost Forrest Gump in the air. Yeah, especially the scene that we get to later. We'll get there. But yeah, it's 100% Bubba. <laughs> now, we mentioned before, this feels like a Michael Bay movie. And of course, this movie's trying to throw as much exposition as quick as possible because we got to get this bird off the ground. So, like, all the guards on board, they're a total assholes, and like, oh, you're gonna get yours, and they're just like, nuh-uh. The bird gets buttoned up, shit goes down, you got Dave Chappelle pouring gas on an Indian fella, and he just goes up. <laughs> He's like, oh, last of all, he can on fire! Oh, yeah. Question, though. Nicholas Cage, completely innocent, this is more of me saying that he's a villain, sees Dave Chappelle pulling out this stuff he sees him lighting this man on fire and never once draws attention to it. Well, it's because Dave Chappelle just put his finger to his lips like, shh, and he's like, okay. Okay, yeah, might as well. <laughs> and, I, and also, like, as soon as he gets lit on fire, to begin with, like, he's just got this little pouch of gasoline that he pulls up out of his throat. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Did he just, like, sneak a, a little shot of whiskey on board? Is he a nervous flyer? Is that what happened? <laughs> but no, he just douses old uh, old Indian fella, old chief beside him in it. And he's got a match <laughs> there, too. 
before you know what's going on, everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said you really have to suspend your disbelief because, like, we really just need to be in the air and the movie's just like, fuck it, let's just get there. <laughs> Dave Chappelle's not even chained to the chair. He just gets up in handcuffs. He's like, oh, geez, that guy's making smoke signals. Come over here and help me. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just, like, this huge kerfuffle with all that so they can continue to get away with their little motive. And what I can't understand, I know it's got a movie, but bear with me. The pilot is like, we're getting uh, we're getting reports of a fire in the back. But, like, for some reason, that fucking doesn't come across anywhere with ground control. Yeah, here in just a little bit, he's just like, it's totally cool, totally legal, and they're definitely not convicts taking over the plane. <laughs> yeah, I almost felt like there should have been a bit where it's like, what's going on in there? And you just hear in the background, I'm John Malkovich, tell him it's not me. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> But you've got all these guys in, like, handcuffs. You've even got a couple of guys in cages, like, locked away in cages on this plane. And within, like, three minutes, they're all out. Yeah, true. Yep. I did like that little bit where, like, Nick was, like, looking at somebody in one of those cages, like, what are you looking at? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, nothing. I'm just, mind your cage. Wink. There's there's kind of a lot of good dialogue with the back and forth between the prisoners here uh, through the whole thing, really. And I, I love it, especially anything John Malkovich is saying. His dialogue is just chef's kiss. Yeah, it's so fucking snappy, too. Just wit. All wit. Yeah, there's uh, when he's up there talking to the pilot, uh, the co-pilot has already been dispatched. He's talking to the pilot and the pilot's saying, without me, you've got no one left to fly the plane. And he says, I never think that far ahead. But if you say anything over the radio about this, the next wings you'll see are the flies buzzing over your rotting corpse. And he does so with such like a straight, almost like a like a medical terminology kind of way. Like, I love it. Now, this is the point where you say that Malkovich is witty. Uh, someone who is not witty is the DEA agent who springs oh, up God, from no. his seat, whips out his gun, and Nicolas Cage goes, hey, man, let me, let me just tell you something. I'm going to distract you. I'm going to distract you. You stay cool. Distracting you. Bad guy's going to kill you in three, two, one. Okay. Oh, yep. Yeah, there was like no way I felt like he would have even aspired to have any leverage in the situation. It was such a dumbass move. Like, he went from just being DEA to just DEAD. Yep. Whatever. In the ensuing kerfuffle, some of the people who were supposed to be uh, released at the next stop, which is part of the plan, have been killed, so now they have to change up the plan. And Nicolas Cage has been elected, along with Bubba Gump, to exit the plane. Surprise, yeah. surprise, Bubba Gump can't go because they need white folk only. Yeah, they need three white guys that are supposed to get off the plane, and they're supposed to pick up six more guys in Carson City. Yeah. Um, and in hindsight, I kind of get what they were going through, but like when they were being ushered off the plane and onto the bus, all they did was like boop their little hospital bracelet and they just moved on like mm -hmm. what are the odds of it's like boop, black wait a minute nobody fucking paid attention to these dudes no not at all nope. there was a sandstorm going on everybody was wearing hoods they said that they had to like bag and gag them all that's yeah absolutely what you do they're spitters and shitters <laughs> they got they got all this fun terminology we could have gotten bub off of that plane he could have gotten some insulin just fine. And Nick Cage is like, this is my opportunity. Hoo-ha. He goes through the whole shebang. They get him on his knees. They shackle him up. And like he's ready to go. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, Hoo-ha. I want to stay on. They were just like, why? He's like, well, if I do, the movie's only 25 minutes. 
<laughs> You're right. Yeah, I guess the reason is he wants to make sure his buddy gets his insulin. And also there's a lady guard that uh, Mr. Trejo has been eyeing the entire time. Maybe a little bit more than eyeing. And I guess he feels like he needs to kind of protect her. I can't let them dishonor her like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's one of those things where, like, I know it shouldn't happen, but I just absolutely love how clockwork this is. Like, they all dress up as guards. They put the gators on. They got goggles. They get out into the sandstorm. Like, all right, everybody, it's just business as usual. Let's wrap this up. Let's go, go, go. Yeah, and in the meantime, you've got, for whatever reason, the prison guards or DAA or whatever back in Malkovich's (laughs) cell back in the original prison. Just like, I don't know. Just trying to find out what they can find, and they're like, oh, there's a hole here. Yeah, like one of the blokes that just starts fingering the wall. I'm like, that's fucking weird. I'm going to keep doing this for the next ten minutes. You think my dick will fit in there? Huh, I'll try it out. Oh, yeah, it will. Yeah, he <laughs> Shawshanks the wall and finds all these blueprints and plans and a lunchbox that mm-hmm. says, do not open. John Cusack is there, and he goes, aha, there's an amazing thing going on here, and they're planning an escape. Look, this Last Supper fucking breakfast cereal box cover thing it's very convoluted very quick you don't get to ask any questions because you're not supposed to know it's a movie yeah he holds the last supper thing up to the light like he's gonna try and find one-eyed willie's hidden pirate treasure or something what is this (laughs) i mean even with all the detective work he did in a hot 30 seconds it just culminates in that stupid prison guard just being like do not open fucking can't tell me what to do squeak (laughs) yes yes like, oh, it's almost frustrating because it says, do not open. John Cusick says, hey, don't touch that. The yeah. guard shrugs his shoulders with a fuck you look and opens it. Like, what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to touch it. Yeah, as a fucking DA nerd. <laughs> Especially when, like, all the other things that you find in there, like anarchist cookbook printoffs and like yeah it was like the perfect checklist of shit we're just like wait a minute this is immediately escalated right so we got the three guys that got off the plane they were whoever i don't even remember who doesn't matter it probably matters (laughs) i don't know and then they got six more guys coming on only like a couple of them matter at all you got the fairly effeminate we'll say he puts on a dress later uh we're not really sure where where that person stands but we've also got steve buscemi and i saw his name on the credits didn't really know what to expect definitely wasn't expecting hannibal lecter oh uh, that's all crazy eyes <laughs> i saw psycho mantis <laughs> he just gets on the plane and he's like hey mr cage that guy back there got some daddy issues but i'm gonna <laughs> really need you to put your controller in court too Ooh. but yeah they wheel him on he's he's strapped down with all this leather he's he's got this Hannibal Lecter looking mask if you ever had questions who the sickest motherfucker on this plane is it's Steve Buscemi turns out he's like the Marietta massacreist or something he's serial killer killed like 23 people he's like the Jeffrey Dahmer of this particular flight yeah yeah absolutely and he's just like and when he rolls into the plane everybody's just like oh my god look at that that's that's a famous sick fuck. And everybody, like, legitimately, everybody, all the hardened criminals on the plane are just like, oh, man, watch out. And Nick Cage is just like, yeehaw. Everyone's all freaked out by uh, Soylent Green, or whatever the fuck his name is. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. Jumping ahead just for a moment, he gets free, and Nicolas Cage goes on to basically fill us in once again on the plot and the absurdity of everything that has happened up to this point. He then panned the camera slightly over to reveal Steve Buscemi, and he just goes, ah, golly. <laughs> just like... <laughs> 
I loved it because like there's like a dozen or so lines that are just delivered so dry and it's like <laughs> Yeah, it really feels like they've met before. Like, I don't know, they went to high school together or something. They weren't friends, but they like knew each other, you know. It's just like, oh, hi Garland. He's the guy that he ran into between classes in the bathroom. Like he just washed his hands after a piss and he's just over there chewing on some freshmen. Literally <laughs> chewing on him. It's like, hmm, <laughs> this one tastes like teriyaki. So in that little bit of exposition dump that Nicolas Cage gives us, we also get to see as uh, Dave Chappelle runs away with the transponder. That way they can't be tracked. Yeah. He spends too long hitting on an attractive young woman. Plane is leaving. The jig is up. They're caught. He's like, ah, slow to pay down. Ah, fuck you, coaches. And then he gets stuck <laughs> in the landing. Yeah. Yeah, and once they're in the air again, the band is together. So here is my headcan. Cyrus the Virus has a particular look. As soon as I saw him, I was like, Brady, get the pilot guy, totally me. I was like, all right, who's the yeah. perfect Chandler? Ving Rhames. Three out of three, good to go. <laughs> We're all there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I forgot about Ted Nugent, the pilot. Oh, absolutely. I loved him. He was just like, I know how to fly shit, and I'm kind of crazy. Let's go. Hey, who are you? I'm Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Ving Rhames. What really gets me excited about him is this man never once is trying to act. He's never once trying to convince you of anything. He's here, and he knows he's having a good time, and it fucking shows. Every time he does a line or anything like that, like he goes into the uh, landing gear area. He takes Nicolas Cage along. Nicolas Cage is writing a secret note on Dave Chappelle, and mm-hmm. Bing Ring goes, hey, redneck. And he looks at him. He's like, <laughs> got a gun pointed at him. He goes, got you, and you're like, oh shit, he caught him. He goes, I just fucking with you, man. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, that particular part got a chuckle out of me. And then uh, Nick Cage just proceeds to just shoves him out of that hole so he can land on some old guy's like Lada in Fresno or whatever kind of car that was. It doesn't happen very often, but like when Ving Rames and Nick Cage are talking to each other, there's a little bit of levity and I enjoyed it a lot because like he's just standing there minding his business. Ving Rames comes over, he's like, hey, yeehaw. What you thinking about? He's like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's right. Yeehaw, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot. I was supposed to be uh, a hillbilly. It's always amusing. And this little bit, once they shove out Pinball and he's falling through the sky, is <laughs> way fucking out of place. But it's so perfectly yeah. out of place. There's this sweet music just building to a crescendo. And as soon as it does, he just smashes on the hood of a car he would have exploded, mind you. But he oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, the movie's kind of brash. And you have, like, a peaceful moment with something really serious or disturbing happening. Like, this dead guy falling from the air. In any other movie, like a Michael Bay movie or whatever, this would have just been completely annoying. But I just love the, how you just get that cutaway. This old couple in, I guess, in Fresno or something. And he's like, ah, oh, damn it, Linda bird shadow my car and i gotta take it to the car wash and get everything straightened out and it's just like boom dave Chappelle drops a special on him gotcha bitch <laughs> uh but yeah that does serve as just like a little little comic relief for just a moment in between you know people getting shot and steve buscemi just generally looking real creepy over there while he plans his next victim mm-hmm this is, since you bring up Bashimi, he's diagnosing the cons. Oh, this guy's angry because of this. And, you know, moments of levity hurt him. You know, being happy is actually painful to this character. And he, he goes on to correctly diagnose everyone on the plane. 
Nicholas Cage has to sneak into the cargo hold again, where he kills one of the convicts in this crawl and brawl special. Yeah. He then returns, and Steve Buscemi diagnoses him as a murder, and he goes, ah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Did you just say diagnosis murder? Yes. Dun, 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 nice. dun, dun, dun. Wait, it's Goosebumps. Dick Van Dyke, get at us. Hashtag beep, bam, beep. <laughs> so the fellas on the ground, they're just like, fuck, they just hijacked our plane, and Captain Smallface from Star Trek is like, what? I fucking knew it. Where's my DEA guy? Fuck, he's fucking dead. Holy shit. Okay. He goes from angry to okay to angry to perfectly fine, all in the span of five seconds. Very true. But it's also juxtaposed with like this little conversation between he and John Malkovich on the plane. Because, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. John Cusack's kind of like the middleman. He's like, if he talks again... Like, we're not going to communicate anymore. Yes. And John Cusack's but... like, he's left. He's out of the room. He left the building. Isn't that crazy? Okay, what do you want? He wants to sing. There isn't nothing sadder than the agent lost his bladder on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's kiss yeah. again. That's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and during all this, we start to, Cusack especially, starts to figure out that there might be somewhat of an ally on board, you know, mm. with the little letter that was left on Dave Chappelle's shirt. Yeah. And, you know, a few other little context clues. He's starting to get the hint. Yeah, it was sprinkled in before, like, when they were loading all the prisoners and giving their little backstories. Like, who's that guy? Oh, that that's Cameron Poe. Ah, fuck that guy. Anyways. He's nobody. They actually yeah. say that, you know, among all of these hardened criminals that have like this deranged past. Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's nobody. And to elaborate more on that, they bring in his family to question. And he's like, would your husband be afraid to come home? And the wife's like, no, he wants to see his baby. It's July 14th. And she's <laughs> like, my dad, Ambo. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. But, like, I understand, like, why the movie needs to have the family, you know, concurrently in the movie. But, like, to be honest, like, would all this be, like, feasible? Because, like, he was on his way across the country, so they flew her all the way to California or Nevada or whatever just so they can just, like, pick her brain in the office. Yeah, I don't know that that's something that they would do at all. It seems a yeah. little bit far-fetched to me, too. And need I remind you, this whole movie takes place in the same day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, oh, you just came from Alabama and now you're 2,100 miles away. They used one of those attack choppers that they have searching for Con Air currently. <laughs> does, it, does it run on fuel? No. All you gotta do is turn on the radio to Flight of the Valkyries. And it just fucking goes. <laughs> yeah. So the next idea is we're on our way to this little airfield, right? Like, that's yeah. the plan. And I don't remember, how does how does Cusack know that they're going to this airfield? Dude, it's totally just luck. Because he just looks at a map of California, and he's like, yeah, it's pretty fucking big. All right, I guess they're going south. South is down. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit, that's an airfield. Oh, fuck, that's a remote location. And speaking of remote locations, I got one right here. This is remote location. It's an India Pale Ale from... Pizza Port Brewing Company. This is a 7% alcohol by volume IPA. It smells just sort of generically hoppy, not in a bad way. Just like it's not especially floral or citrusy or green or anything. Just has like sort of a general hopsy smell. The flavor's a lot of the same, but it's got a lot of malty sweetness to it too. It's not overly sweet, but it's definitely got some of that sweetness there to balance out those hops. 
the hop flavors that I'm getting, again, aren't especially really anything. It's just sort of that generic middle-of-the-road hops. Evidently, this is made with Sabro and Simcoe hops. Makes a lot of sense. Good, solid, just bittering hops, more or less. There's not really a whole lot more much to say about it. I'd drink it again. Well, it's always nice to learn about a nice new drink. Speaking of learn, we're at Learner Airfield. That's that remote location. There we go. Sometimes you just got to loop around in order to get there. But we got there. How do they land, though? Badly. Bad. I say, yeah, I was going to say barely. I guess the idea is that one of the fellows that got on the plane in Carson City, he's the guy with the Hispanic connections. You know, they're going to have a jet ready and waiting, and that's just their ticket to fucking Mexico. During this period, uh, they're going to execute the guards. And, of course, Poe can't allow this. He's like, hey, man, nobody's shooting up the guards. <laughs> And being Rames, he's like, why wouldn't I shoot the guards? He's like, I'm just trying to say. And this is where he becomes like uh, the vampire's assistant, kind of drops the southern accent. He's like, you shouldn't be shooting the only leverage we got. And then you got Jimmy in the background raising his hand going, I wore a child as a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, He he gets a little too cagey in the moment, you know, got a little too fierce there. I love how he just wanders off to Steve Buscemi. Like everybody's, you know, got their own little job that they're trying to do. Nick Cage is trying to find some insulin or a needle or whatever for his buddy. Everybody's like tying it down, getting everything ready. Yep. Steve Buscemi's just like, I'm going to wander around, see if I can find a little girl or something. <laughs> Specifically. And we spoke earlier about how like the movie ticked over a little bit into the dark territory with uh, Dave Chappelle smashing in the car. This is probably the furthest it goes, because we do get that whole backstory of all the fucking shit he did up and down the eastern seaboard. And then, like, he just sneaks up on this little girl just having tea time with her dollies, and he sits down, and there's just, like, this wave of uncomfortableness that just kind of, like, looms over the audience. You're like, wait a minute, I thought I was having fun. Let me tell you, I love this scene, just being honest, because it's it's so questionable i don't know if that's the right word but you're like kind of which which way are they going with this is he is he gonna murder this girl is he gonna wear this little girl's head for a a hat yeah but they have like a really i guess sweet moment where like the kid unintentionally picks him apart he's like are you sick and he's like what what wait what like well you look sick and he's like fuck dude i am okay well let's sing a song do you know um I uh, got the whole yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, do you know that? <laughs> and and she starts singing, and he is not singing, and she's just like, "Come on, do something, S- sing with me. Don't make it weird." And the camera has that like weird bubble vision, like right in their face, and you get like some requiem for a dream vibes. You just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's no better medicine for Steve Buscemi than music. Cue them Leonard Skinnerds. Now they're refueling and getting ready to meet their private jet of the Colombian drug lord who, for whatever reason, it's not there. Uh, John Malkovich is very angry about this. And Cameron Poe is, he's meant to go (laughs) get uh, some sort of tow truck to help get them loose or some shit. And so he's like, don't worry, I got you. (laughs) And he runs away. (laughs) These things. He does. Like, I don't want to say he literally does, but like once he runs off, 
they just have that moment where John Malkovich just like watched him saunter just like across the desert into the hangar. I'm just like, why was that important? No, the thing I uh, want to talk about in this little scene is uh, John Cusack just gets there too, like right around the same oh, time or yeah. just before. Yeah. And he runs into a hangar in a similar way, but he does it in a real dainty fashion. I never wanted to see John Cusack run before this, and I never want to see it again. The wrist flicking. Yeah, it's something about trying to, like, move that air around you, like good old Seagal. Like, I love John Cusack. I genuinely love John Cusack, but he is such a dainty bitch right here. I mean, yeah, totally. And uh, Nick Cage, he finds the jet plane with all those Hispanic fellas around, you know, communication's just not going to happen. John Cusack pops out of the corner with a gun. He's like, hey! And that's just enough to get their attention for uh, G.I. fucking Joe to just fucking whip ass. Like, he, this is literally the same situation he was in at the bar where he murdered that man. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he was like 10 times as efficient. Oh, yeah. He takes that gun away and murders all of them and draws down on Cusack. And he's like, I, I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> what, what blows my fucking mind is there's no one else around. There is no reason that he cannot tell this DEA agent that there are two innocent people on the plane that he's trying to protect. Instead, he's beyond vague until Cusack says Casey, and he's like, my Casey, my, my hummingbird. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does give him a little room to belt off a really cool line. He's like, are you going to put the gun down? He's like, no, there's only two <laughs> people in this world I trust, me and you ain't the other one. Hoo-ha. <laughs> Hoo-ha. All right. So he's killed everyone at the jet and Cusack and him have this moment. Now he knows what's going on. They split up. But this is going to come back around. All this happens. And as Nicolas Cage runs away and Cusack goes on to stage the next part of the raid, I suppose, the Colombian drug lord makes a dash for the jet because he knows where it's at, lying in wait. And the fucking pilot is still in it. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, which is unfortunate because... They get to the, you know, they get to the place, they can't find the plane, and the Hispanic guy's like, hey, you know, the plane's supposed to be here, but he runs straight for it as soon as, like, any kind of shit hits the fan. Like, he knew where it was. Yeah, I feel like he was kind of, like, a big part of this. He was just, like, supposed to be, I don't know, I feel like there was going to be a double cross at some point, and he just took the opportunity to go for it. He was just like, I'm getting on that plane, I'm going, fuck all you other guys. But he could have uh, did that the second they touched down. He didn't. He stuck around. Like, I, I, hey, man, I'm going to go take a shit. Maybe he didn't want to look suspicious. <laughs> you say that, but, like, he immediately pissed Cyrus off. He's like, yo, dude, calm down or something. It's like, the last guy told me to fucking do that. I burned him to the ground, and I pissed on his ashes. Like, two, like five minutes later, he does the same thing to that guy. <laughs> yes. He jumps in that jet, tries to get the getaway. I don't remember who jumps in a conveniently located crane. I think it's Cusack. Yeah, yeah. Cusack chops the jet in half meanwhile nicholas cage is in some sort of deli or something a deli (laughs) he was in yeah it's like a restaurant i guess he was hungry and i kind of got a couple questions raised because like this is kind of deserted but functional but you know there's like food out there's like a plate of scramby eggs on the thing i was like who's having breakfast to all the world's ending outside it was either the old man under the truck or that little girl oh the old man he was such a fucking cool guy (laughs) Because, like, as we said, like, John Cusack's in the crane and Nick Cage is running or whatever. He winds up in the truck with the old guy. He's like, listen, old man, hoo-ha, you need to stay here and be cool. He's like, it's fucking easy for you. You're not the one that's got to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he's like, please don't kill me. I'm I'm not gonna kill you, but like, just stay out of all this shit. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, later. Then, then we get gifted with the wow, 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 fucking Nicolas Cage mullet, American flag, fireball dive. Ten out of ten. Absolutely. Like after he's done searching all the containers in Fallout Four and finds all his fucking onions. You know, he gets directed to that little uh, fire truck where there's, like, first aid kit and everything. He finds the needle so he can inject his friend with all the love that he has for him. And <laughs> even Nick Cage in the movie is just like, all right, I'm going to have to look cool as fuck or this movie is just going to be shit. And then slow motion just runs across that little uh, kill box that they had set up for all the DEA people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they start to roll in. The, the whole convoy starts to roll in, but they got a trap set for them. They funnel mm-hmm. them in through this one little path, and they have, like, propane canisters set up on both sides. They've got somehow grenade lodgers or something. These oh guys are not going to have a good day. That shit had me tickled because, like, of course, there's going to be armaments on the plane, you know, with prisoners. And it's mentioned before, like, in the belly, they got some guns. Rifle. I get it. Pistols. I get it. Fucking thumper grenade launchers. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing with those? What? No, like, I love how they just, like, the one um, feminine boy, they just, like, hand him an M16, and they're just like, hey, if you don't know what to do with it, just, like, hit somebody with it or something. Right after John Malkovich just puts a clip in her bra. Oh. Okay. Nicholas Cage has a line, and I don't get it. Uh, as he's doing that run that you were talking about, Eric, he says... I guess it's not my ties and Yahtzee. <laughs> no, they were supposed to go down to Columbia and like live on the beach, have the good life. They were supposed to be sipping my ties and playing playing Yahtzee or something all day. That was supposed to be, you know, the the end game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense now, but like now that I'm thinking about it, there's so much carnage happening. There's so much. <laughs> Shit is blowing up. They get on the plane. Nicholas Cage, of course reboards the plane uh they take off danny treo has now been handcuffed for trying to rape and (laughs) (laughs) and as they're fleeing this hook that nicholas cage has attacked to the plane grabs up a car and it takes off this is a really cool scene by the way because it's trailing behind it almost like the tail of a kite and i love the fact nicholas cage just looks at it and goes not the strangest thing i've seen today yeah, it's the the silver Corvette that was uh, the one DEA guy. It was his, and uh, John Cusack had to steal that in order to get there in time. So it's just hanging out, and the guy gets there, and he's like, "Hey, looks like your car. Couldn't be my car. I left mine at the office." And then it just fucking <laughs> falls out of the sky right at his feet with like his personalized license plate. Well, shit. Yeah, it says ass kicker for the yeah. Z. As was the style back then. I wore an onion on my belt. (laughs) Well, hell, as excited as Abe Simpson was about onions, the boys are excited about their escape. And I honestly don't fucking know why, because the plane has no fuel, but they they decide to party down to some uh, Leonard Skinner. The irony of the situation is we're listening to a band that died in a plane crash. And Nick Cage is like, if you make me yeehaw one more time, I'm fucking kicking you out. Yeah, Steve Buscemi is back on the plane. I guess he scurried on away from his little tea party with the girl. And thankfully, we see the resolution of that. The little girl's just 
perfectly fine just continuing on with her tea party. He didn't mm-hmm. rape her or anything. Yep, years and years of institutional correction, nada. One musical number with a little kid in the middle of nowhere, boom, right as rain. Yeah, that's all. I mean, who knows? Maybe Steve Buscemi is actually innocent this whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what evidence was presented at his trial. He straight up told Nicolas Cage, like, hey, remember that time I wore that girl's head through six states? It was me. He looks Listen. at him and, oh, man, yeah, go ahead. today's kid's birthday. <laughs> yeah, so this is where it really starts to wind down, right? We got the whole party kind of going on. Everybody's in good spirits. They're heading to Vegas, and what what happens there stays there. I gotta say, they weren't headed towards Vegas. They kind of just wound up in Vegas. <laughs> As you do. Yeah, they weren't leaving it, that's for sure. Wink. Oh. Another wink, Nick Cage sees the strip from the plane. He's like, huh, Viva Las Vegas. Yeehaw and all that. Maybe if they go a little bit farther south, they can they can find some Arizona to raise. Or go oh. a little... Oh, nice. Or go a little north and wind up at Reno for some new boot goofing. New boot goofing. <laughs> gotta, gotta give me some new boots to goof there. Cut that out. Never mind. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, but Poe's busted. July 14th. My daddy, my daddy, my daddy. And... We get this, basically, a confrontation that's going to go down between Ben Rain's character, Bubba Gump, and Nicolas Cage, <laughs> along with John Malkovich, all while there's an attack helicopter trying to shoot them down. Yeah, the whole ruse of like putting the tracker in another plane immediately fell apart, and it's basically the end of Rambo 3, kind of, you know? Yes. <laughs> there's, like, there's like a helicopter attack, and... John Cusack's like, no, don't shoot them. Just wait till they're over civilians. Let them crash into them. And they wind up on the Vegas Strip. And, like, there's something both amazing but also fucking stupid about this. (laughs) Absolutely. All of those describe this movie. There's that quick bit where, like, crashes into the Hard Rock Cafe then it winds up in the Strip. But, like, once it's on the ground, it fucking travels for fucking ever. Yes. And they were like, oh... If it lands on the strip, there's going to be enormous civilian casualties. How many civilian casualties, guys? I'm going to say anywhere between zero and one. Yeah, that's about what I was going to give it. Like, it seems like once they see this plane is coming down, everybody just, like, clears out of the way. It's like, hey, we're going to turn this way because there's the big plane. It's coming this way. Turns out the pilot guy just steers it right into the Pawn Stars. Like, hey, what can you give me for this piece of junk? Best I can do is $2.50. Listen, Best I got a lot of overhead. I got a lot of overhead. It's going to take me a while to sell this. Best I can do, best I can do is a uh, random pneumatic hammer. <laughs> oh, ticks right back to dark. <laughs> so the only big negative that I will give this is this last fucking scene, this Las Vegas strip scene. It takes too long. Just like at this point in the movie, I'm done with the chaos. Let's just finish it out. But it just keeps going. You got yeah. John Malkovich riding around on top of a fire truck or something. I don't know how he got that. They straight up just threw in the last mission from GTA San Andreas for no fucking reason. Yeah. I don't know. It just goes on too long. They ride through a, a like a tunnel. You got John Cusack hopping on top of this fire truck and like he's spraying it. He's spraying water from the fire truck into the cab and... It's too much at this point. It's too much, guys. It's It's fucking too much. It's like that boss battle where you're like, oh, fuck, finally done. And that was just its first form. Right. 
dude, 100%. Because we get a motorcycle that ramps into Ving Rhames. Uh, the poor stuntman, by the way, whoever's dangling from that ladder, he gets fucking burned up for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Nicholas Cage is stabbing John Malkovich with some kind of gas or something. And his yeah. hair is so insanely frizzy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know this is going on for a little long, but, like, where the fuck did John Malkovich get that whaling harpoon? Anybody? <laughs> I, uh, it's a fireman utensil, sure. And is it? <laughs> I'm gonna say it is. They gotta look out for the fat people too. Are there <laughs> a lot of whales that catch on fire? I guess they got blubber, so they burn forever. I get it, but like that's a code Moby Dick. We got a code Moby Dick. All the whales are for sure white. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Malkovich gets launched through two sets of windows at some fine dining establishment, falls mm-hmm. through some power lines, uh, and then there's this giant pneumatic hammer literally in the fucking middle of nowhere that crushes his head. Money is raining around like it's the end of Batman 1 and the Joker. Yes! Yeah. Who do you love? Yeah, in the middle of this chase, they smash through a uh, armored vehicle just so they could have this cool little moment, I guess. Yeah, I guess? it doesn't matter at all. Straight up, I guess. This doesn't need to be here. It's cool looking, doesn't need to be there. It closes out very, very well, though. We get an Armageddon moment, but yes. one thing, we get, how do I live without you? And Nicolas Cage is like, here's your bunny, little girl. <laughs> I love you, daddy. And they cry. And Nicolas Cage ugly cries. And it's <laughs> wonderful. So what I really like about this a little bit, like I know... I knew from the get-go, like, the family was going to get back together, whatever. Sure. But I absolutely love just a little detail of apprehension between, like, the little girl and his wife. Because he is beat the fuck up. He's shot. Just absolutely grisly. He probably smells like the U.S. prison system. Oh, he smells reformed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to hand over this disgusting fucking bunny. He's like, baby, please take my present. Ooh, huh? And she's just like, and she just gives that hard look at her mom. Is like, for real? And she's like, yeah, baby, for real. <laughs> baby, take the bunny before he kills you next. <laughs> for a child as a hat. She yeah. she takes the bunny and she's she's pretty apprehensive about it. Starts giving him a hug and thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, but as soon as they embrace, they all fall apart. They're just like, baby. But the best part about this ending is Steve Buscemi, because he's not mixed up in any of this. He just wants to go throw some craps. I <laughs> yeah, love he just, it. He's just shooting some dice, looks over his shoulder at a crash plane. He's like, man, that's an entanglement. Yeah. Rolling sevens. <laughs> Glad I'm not a part of that shit. Oh, no one's going to recognize him because he doesn't have that head on his head. Mm. Exactly. But really, though, you think nobody's going to recognize that face? It's kind of noteworthy. Like, even if he wasn't an actor, if I see that guy walking down the street, I'm going to take note. Okay. (laughs) Immediately call the police. If we're going to be like, oh, somebody would recognize him. This man has came off of a fucking plane crash. He's Mm -hmm. in high spirits. He's singing uh, Christian children's songs. He has somehow changed his entire wardrobe, gotten money to gamble, has bitches, and (laughs) (laughs) iPod. Checking off all the boxes. Got money, got a new suit has bitches well shit he's good to go because like yeah. that shit happened in vegas once he leaves doesn't even have to worry about it i'll tell you what i'm rooting for steve buscemi's character on this maybe he has been reformed 
Maybe not. We'll see. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I was a little bit outside of Vegas when the child murdering kicked in. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> he goes back for the girl. We can't stop here. Yes. This is rape country. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. On a lighter note, this movie is just a hell of a lot of fun. Holy shit. I'm really glad I got to revisit it after all these years. I remember, like I said, I remember it being good, but there's just something something snappy about it. It has, it has that smart edge to it where a Michael Bay movie doesn't. Even though it totally mm-hmm. feels like one, but it's just all in the wit. No matter how dry it is, there are some clunkers like John Cusack. He's just, he's playing the part fine. But overall, this is just a fun action movie. Everybody's having a good time. Some great actors are putting in wonderful, wonderful performances for a movie that feels like it doesn't deserve it, but I they all showed up on set and they understood the assignment. Recommendation. Yeah, I can't agree more. This is actually the first time that I'd seen this movie and I kind of sort of passed it off as just like another dumb, you know, one of those movies from the 90s and I really shouldn't have. As you said, this is a lot of fun. It is it is a dumb movie, but it's a dumb movie that has a lot of just terrific dialogue. John Malkovich, goddamn, I can't say enough good things about everything yeah. that he does in this movie. He is just a gem. Nick Cage does what needs to be done. John Malkovich is the star. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed almost every minute of this. Mm. It's a fun ride. Uh, this, to me, is the perfect example of how Hollywood can make that vibe of so bad it's good. This is wonderful. But it has all those things that you would come to expect from a movie where you go, I just watch it because it's stupid fun. Like, it is stupid, it is fun, but man, like, this is well made. It is. Yeah. And I remember making that point a little earlier. Like, I don't even, I don't think it's bad Mm -hmm. at all. I think this movie succeeds in exactly what it wants to be. It wants you to think it's like, a dumb fucking Michael Bay movie that's like, listen, let's just, you know, take these pieces and run with it. Agree 100%. Well, there you have it. This is your captain speaking, and that was Connie. If you have any strong feelings about the movie or the show, leave it in that comment section below. Please be sure hit the like and subscribe buttons, both of them. Bash that bell icon, too, so you don't miss what we got brewing up next. Get out there and follow us on social media. We've got all of it, y'all unless they've made something new recently. We've got all of it. Uh, You can even find us wherever podcasts can be found. We're popular, maybe. We're at least accessible. (laughs) At at least accessible. That's going to be my tagline on my Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't follow us, we'll give you an overly long, convoluted death scene. That's about all. Oh, that's right. Uh, Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Oh. Hoo-haw.